gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, to another edition of the My Two Cents Podcast hosted by G2. This is episode 164 and I would like to ask every single one of you, how are you doing today? How was your week? How was your Valentine's Day? I hope everybody had a lovely week and a lovely Valentine's Day. Hope you're able to spend your Valentine's Day with your uh, loved one, your spouse, your partner, all that good uh, stuff and you guys were able to actually love up on each other and just embrace each other in that moment. I know certain people don't like uh, Valentine's Day because it's self-appointed. they rather just do the lovey-dovey stuff every day instead of just doing it on that specific day, but I get it, but if it's just that day, just put a little bit more work into it. You can still do the lovey-dovey stuff every day, but just pay them extra, extra attention on that Valentine's Day. I hope everybody was able to do that. Um, I'm just going to get into National Food Days of the Week before I talk about my week this week. Uh, Today, February 18th, is National Drink Wine Day, so please drink responsibly. Uh, February the 19th, it will be National Chocolate Mint Day. After that, February the 20th, National Cherry Pie Day. February 21st, National Sticky Bun Day. February 22nd, National Margarita Day. Please drink responsibly as well on that. And also, Sweet Potato Day, February 23rd. National Banana Bread Day, and to finish us off, February the 24th, it is National Tortilla Chip Day, as well as Cupcake Day, but that's more specifically in Canada, but I don't see why you can't do that here in America, too, because we take from everybody, so bake cupcakes on February 24th as well. Um, Now, with that out the way, I want to say this week I had to shovel snow for the first time in my life. I never had to shovel snow ever. I'm now what? 20, 20, what, 27, going on 28, and I never shovel snow a day in my life, I never was required to, because I never ever lived in an area where I had to shovel snow, but just visiting, uh, just visiting the north, and just being around and had to shovel snow, it wasn't too bad of an experience, it wasn't too bad, uh, I had to learn that you had to shovel it, like, after you got done, like, falling down, which I knew that, but I didn't know after the fact you had to, like, throw some, like, salt on it, but, like, some specific type of salt because so it can melt and it kind of heats it up the ground at the exact same time. I didn't know none of that. As I said, wasn't born in the uh, cold environment. I wasn't birthed up, like, raised up in a cold environment. I was born and raised up in, like, the warm environment, heat environment of the south so the worst thing you had to do was literally just be around in the summer and just endure the heat unless you had air conditioning in your home uh up here it was snowing again i had the first time since i was shoveling not too bad of an experience i know i had uh lower back pains the next day that probably needs to tell me i need to bend a little bit more but other than that not too bad not too bad of a uh, shoveling snow hope everybody had a great uh, time dealing with the snow. If you're in the north, you understood what I meant. In the New York, Connecticut, New Jersey area, I hope you're able to enjoy your uh, snow days when you had them this week. For the people in California, you guys are still dealing with some type of weather over there. I believe it's like going to have some raining situations back to back, some floodings over there. 
Hope you guys are cool over there. Please find a safe uh, place wherever you are. And for the rest of the country, I'm not certain of anything else. Now, getting off of that, I want to talk about some bad things that happened uh, this week. First, starting off with technically last Sunday. Last Sunday before the Super Bowl happened, uh, Joel Osteen's church had a shooting over there. Um, a mother went in and started shooting up the place, and she brought her seven-year-old son. Um, the mother, she got shot, and she was cleared deceased on the scene from law enforcement because she got to a shootout with law enforcement, while the seven-year-old son, he got shot. Law enforcement has no idea who shot the seven-year-old. The grandmother of the seven-year-old wrote right on Facebook, giving an update about the seven-year-old, um, saying he has lost a major part of what makes us who we are, a portion of his frontal lobe. Half of his right skull has to be surgically removed during two surgeries done in less than 24 hours. He was in cardiac arrest multiple times, and no one can determine whether he has significant brain activity. So right now, they have just trying to hope and pray that the seven-year-old will make it out, and I'm pretty sure he's going to still have some difficulties um, after this. But I don't understand why the mother would run up into a church and start shooting up. I would never kind of understand that. Not kind of, I would never really understand why someone would decide to run up into a church and shoot up the place. I understand if someone touched your kid and you get at that person and you do something about that. I understand that part. But just going up there and just shooting a church, especially a big mega church like that, I don't understand that at all. Not me personally. Um, I don't see nothing from them having a reasoning for why she did what she did. They only post up like she had... Uh, mental illnesses for years. Uh, they said she has gone through a bitter divorce, custody battle for the son. I mean, again, all that stuff you usually go to the church for to find your salvation, your religiousness, and all that type of stuff. I don't know if Joel Osteen's church turned her away or whatever. I'm not putting that on them. I'm just saying it's not been stated why she did what she did at the church. Hopefully somebody will be able to uh, step forward and explain why she did what she did. And uh, I just want everyone to pray for the seven-year-old boy. Hopefully he makes it out and hopefully he doesn't have too much of too much of a hurdle to pass. Because again, missing a uh, part of his skull, doing all the surgeries that they had to do or they did do for the kid. I'm just hoping that he will be able to recover from this. And he might, I'm not going to say he might, he won't be. Um, the same as he was previously, but I don't want him to be in a case where he has to be self, not self-cared for, but just cared for by other individuals for the rest of his life. You know what I mean? So again, pray for the seven-year-old kid, pray for the people that were affected by the shooting in uh, Joel Osteen's church in Texas. Same thing going over into another shooting that we had this Past week, after the Kansas City Chiefs, they won the Super Bowl, they had their parade, and they had a shooting over there, which was real devastating. Um, they say two juveniles were charged in connection with the shooting that happened there that left one person dead and 22 people wounded. The person that died was a local uh, DJ, a radio DJ. It was a woman. Um, that's tragic there, and it's tragic for it just to happen at a parade. You're at a parade, a parade of celebration for your team winning the national championships, the biggest championship that you can win in, like, 
I'll say in America, technically, because I think football is technically dominant, number one. I know baseball and basketball is whatever, but football is like the thing for America. That's my personal preference. Um, But your team just won the Super Bowl in their back-to-back champions. Everybody's there for um, to express their gratitude, express their joyfulness with one another, and just be happy. And for a shooting to break out and kill one person, taking, uh, injuring 22 other people, that's stupid. And the crazy thing about this was that they had guards and security and law enforcement all there. They said they were like, they had like more than 800 security and law enforcement personnel at the parade. And they were still had people that still were able to get some gun and shoot off. That is crazy to me. So again, I don't know what needs to happen or what's going to happen in America for things to change about who can just hold guns anymore. I don't know. For this to be two juveniles, again, they say they're two juveniles, they have them in uh, Jackson County Juvenile Detention Center. I don't know what needs, or not going to say what needs to be said, but what's going to technically happen. I don't know. What's going to happen in America to make people actually change and say, hey, we actually need some stricter gun laws and make sure that none of this crap can happen at a parade or at a church or at a shoot at a store. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is or what can be done, but I want something to be done. I think America wants something to be done. You had school shootings. You had parade shootings. You had uh, church shootings. I mean, what? You almost had a government shooting, what, two years ago? No, not two years ago. God. Uh, Three years ago, 2021, the whole... Rebellion, uh, revolt over there in the state capital. You almost had a shooting involvement there. I don't know what is going to need to be done for the laws to be stricter on people to hold a gun. I don't know, but there's something that needs to be done because this stuff doesn't need to happen anymore. I mean, let me read this to you. Nine children with gunshot wounds were admitted to Children's Mercy Hospital after the shooting. Three of them were being treated and were expected to fully recover. Uh, Two of the victims that were shot were in another treatment facility in Kansas City, and they were in critical conditions, but they are both improving. Uh, Their trauma surgeon would say Thursday. You get what I'm meaning here? This thing is ridiculous. Everything was, it wasn't supposed to go down like this. So again, I don't know what needs to be done. I think something needs to be done. I think some type of stricter gun laws need to happen for none of this stuff to happen anymore. But until it happens to a uh, senator's kid or a politician's kid or hell, even the politicians over in uh, the Capitol. And again, I'm not advocating for this. I'm not advising this. I'm just saying, unless that type of stuff happens to them, I don't see the stuff changing. But We'll wait and see what happens, but still prayers up to everybody from the church to the parade shooting. Everybody that had to deal with this, uh, prayers up to them, and I hope that they can uh, recover and bounce back from this. Now, moving away from the shootings of a public event to one of I Feel of Love and Passion, because this is of a Pennsylvania judge. She's been charged with shooting her ex-boyfriend as he slept, as Associated Press would. Uh, put out a suspended judge in Pennsylvania, shot her estranged 
boyfriend in the head as he slept last weekend, police said Thursday in filing attempted murder and aggravated assault charges against her. Tests show magistrational district judge Sonia McKnight, 57, had gunshot residue on her hands an hour after Michael McCoy was shot in the bed of his home early Saturday. Uh, police wrote in the arrest alpha David McKnight was in county prison on Friday with bail set to $300,000. No lawyer was listed for her in court records. Okay, moving on. Authorities say McCoy is now blind in his right eye. Police wrote that McCoy had tried numerous times to get McKnight to move out after he ended their one-year relationship. On Friday, February 9th, McCoy came home to find McKnight in pajamas on the couch when he returned from a restaurant. He told her he planned to get McKnight's mother's help to get her out of the home. Michael McCoy stated that it was like she finally understood that it was over, police said. He went to bed at 11 p.m. McCoy awoke to massive head pain and was unable to see, police said, and when he began to scream, McKnight told him, Mike, what did you do to yourself? He has suffered a gunshot wound to the right temple that exited his left temple, police said. McCoy told police at the scene later at the hospital that he did not shoot himself. When McKnight called 911 shortly before 1 a.m. Saturday, she could not explain what happened and stated that she was sleeping and heard him screaming. Police said in the affidavit, investigators found doorbell videos from neighboring homes that contradicted McKnight's claim that she did not leave the home the night of the shooting. McCoy suspected she had checked on him at the tavern. Detectives wrote in the affidavit that the gun was registered to McKnight, and both of them said no one else was in the home at the time of the shooting. So it kind of makes sense. You're going to think that the woman uh, shot the dude, and if you found gunshot residue on her hands, they kind of is like your smoking gun right there. So I feel that was out of love and passion, because if you are ending the relationship and you're about to get my mom involved to try to get me out of your home. I don't think that was the right way to go about it. You shooting someone in the head first of all, you're trying to kill them right there. That was a legit attempted murder. So they got that right pegged right there. Uh, and now the man's blind in the right eye. I don't know how he didn't wake up off top getting shot right in the face. Like if you get shot in your right temple and left out the left temple, I don't know how you don't wake up right then and there. That's something. Imagine this, you are asleep and your partner or whoever just runs up and just punch you. You wake up right then and there. A gunshot, that thing's with force and it just goes straight. And usually people talk about whatever they get shot, it's big uh, burn and all that. I don't know how he didn't wake up right then and there. For them to write casually that he woke up with a massive head pain, I would think that he would wake up screaming and just yelling and holding his face and all that type of jazz. But again, hey, I wasn't there. We only go by what's been written. Uh, she was in the wrong. I think everybody will state that Sonia McKnight, she was in the wrong. She just should have just left. But again, this showed you that certain people are not all the way around right or that certain people have some type of trauma that they have stored in their past that they just can't let go because i want to read you this too by the way uh she's previously done this before as well uh mcknight was not charged for shooting her estranged husband in 2019 after inviting him to her home to help her move furniture uh, state prosecutors did not charge her citing self-defense so she has a past of 
shooting someone and I don't get it. I really do not get it. If she was still able to be a judge. Like, oh my God. This is America and I get it. We do some real, real stupid. And I mean stupid things. But this right here. Uh, you cannot allow things like this to happen. You cannot allow things like this to continue on. And again, this still kind of goes off into the other topic that I just mentioned about doing uh, what gun laws need to be changed. And I think people need to have some psych evaluation tests and all that type of stuff. I think that off top, I think that needs to be put into place somewhere in the rules for if you want a gun. And if you want to take something away from this story as well, let this be a cautionary tale for a man and woman. Please be aware of who you are in a relationship with. Know their behaviors. I know you might see one person that's loving and caring right now, but whenever they get mad or they get upset, just think about the levels of how more mad and upset they can be or will be if you decide to call it quits. Sometimes, and I think now more than ever, you might need a police officer or someone of their family whenever you do tell them that, hey, I want to leave this relationship so that person can either A, calm themselves down and know they can't do anything because one, police are there and two, their loved one is there as well. Someone that actually cares for you, not your spouse, but someone that's your family member. And two, your family member and police officer can kind of calm them down before they do anything stupid and irrational. So let this be a cautionary tale for everyone. Please be aware of who your spouse is. Please be aware of who your partner is. And if you feel like breaking off from them, I think you probably now more than ever need to have a witness for if anything does uh, turn violent or uh, detrimental before anything does get to that far. So that's that. Again, I hope homeboy can uh, recover from that. He's blind in his right eyes hopefully he can just uh just walk around with an eye patch and hopefully he gets something from her because dude just shooting me and i'm still living now i'm living with just one eye nah i'm gonna make sure that you fry up something so we'll wait and see uh if they ever do a trial date or anybody ever does any type of update on it i'll bring it right back here and uh talk to you guys to tell you what's up with that more down the line now next up on the docket i want to talk about the nitrogen uh, execution that happened in Alabama. I talked about this a couple weeks ago, I believe. Um, there's now been a lawsuit towards Alabama um, saying that that execution was a botched. They call it a botched human experiment. As again, this comes from Associated Press. In Alabama, death row inmate filed a lawsuit Thursday that challenges the constitutional of nitrogen gas executions, arguing that the first person in the nation put to death by that method shook violently for several months in a human experiment that officials botched miserably. The lawsuit filed in federal court in Alabama alleges the January execution of Kenneth Eugene Smith by nitrogen gas was torturous and cannot be allowed to be repeated. The lawsuit says descriptions from witnesses that Eugene shook and convulsed contradicted the state's premise or promise to federal judges that nitrogen would provide a quick and humane death. The results of the first human experiment are now in, and they demonstrate that nitrogen gas asphyxiation is neither quick nor painless, but agonizing and painful. The attorney wrote in the lawsuit, the lawsuit was filed on behalf of death row inmate David Phillip, 
Wilson, who was sentenced to death after he was convicted of killing a man during a 2004 burglary. The lawsuit seeks a declaratory judgment that the current nitrogen gas asphyxiation protocol violates the inmates' constitutional right to protection from cruel and unusual punishment. So there you have it. They're trying to make sure that he doesn't die by um, this new form of execution. And again, I talked about that when this first thing happened and how people were going to try to make this uh, go state to state after this first execution. I thought that was kind of nuts because you did have uh, people kind of debunking exactly what the state was trying to say, how it was in you. Uh, how it was humane and it made them painless. You had people literally say, nah, dog, I saw homeboy. He was shaking. He wasn't like just going out just peacefully. Nah, he was shaking. So I think the best thing should just be called off. Just go with the straight lethal injection style that you guys have been doing for years upon years. You got rid of uh, the electric chair because again, that was inhumane. You got rid of the gas chamber because that was inhumane. You got rid of, and I think they still don't do it, but people might say they do it in other countries, well, not countries, other sanctions where people don't know about, uh, the shooting where you were tied up to a, uh, God, you were tied up to, uh, God, a plank of wood, if you will. And you had to face down a number of people with guns and certain people held like just dummy bullets while one person held the actual bullet and they shot at you and you didn't know who shot you but point being you're going to die that way they got rid of that i think in america the most common one is just basically lethal injection just go back to that do that if you want to get rid of people that way do not do this whole nitrogen gas deal because you're just having people just shake and just convulse right in front of other people's eyes and i think people don't want to see that I understand people want people to die because you killed my person, so you gotta be put to death cool, but nobody wants to see someone literally shake in front of them as they're going out and hear them screaming and pleading out any type of stuff. People would rather see people just go silently and just know that, okay, we see no pulse, nothing. So it's gonna be really interesting to see how this lawsuit is going to play out, how Alabama will be fighting back uh, from this. I'm not so certain, but we'll wait and see. Again, I still say just go with the lethal injection method instead of trying to do new experimentations for how to put people out. But we'll wait and see as uh, this <laughs> lawsuit is going to happen. I just find it funny that a death row <laughs> inmate trying to make sure he doesn't go through that. You think about it. You get convicted of killing someone in 2004 or whenever you get convicted of it and you're being put to death. And again, I'm not saying the man did it or not. I'm just going off with the conviction thing states you've been convicted now this new method has been put out there and you're afraid now of hearing that you might get on that now nah, i gotta call my lawyer up to try to make sure that i don't get on that if anything give me lethal injection something else don't give me that crap to make me shake as i die and i die painfully i just find that hilarious but that's just me again whenever more information comes out I'll talk about it, but as of right now, that's all I got for you on that topic. Alright, next up, this was a nasty one. Um, Delta. There was a flight on Delta that happened, I want to say, this week, where <laughs> two hours into uh, the flight from Amsterdam to Detroit, maggots fell from an overhead bin onto a uh, woman. 
a passenger who was sitting across from the woman said that she was freaking out. She was just trying to kind of fight off the maggots. I was trying to process it. Disgust is one thing, of course. We had to wait there for help to actually come, the passenger would state. Flight attendants tracked the maggots to a passenger's bag. When they opened it, they found a piece of rotting fish wrapped in newspaper and covered in maggots. The owner of the suitcase courageously stepped forward to claim the spoiled sea creature. How do you courageously step up and say, yeah, that's mine? No, dog, you ain't got no other choice but to say that's yours. Because if they start going into your suitcase and start really throwing things out, you ain't got no other choice but to step in. So I'm not saying you were courageous for that, but I digress. Uh, they continue on saying passengers were already disgusted, but they were further inconvenienced when Delta decided to return to the Netherlands rather than continue on to Michigan. They were apparently shuttled onto the next departing flight to Michigan while airport officials cleaned the soiled aircraft. As a sort of reward for their disturbing in-flight experience, Delta awarded all of the passengers, including the victim, 8,000 air miles for future travel. Those delayed overnight were given hotel accommodations in Amsterdam and a $30 meal voucher, uh, so they apologized. Cool. The Daily Mail reported that the fish owner was detained on the airplane after the other passengers had departed. It's unclear if he will face charges for this episode. My whole thing is this. How did no one not smell or look at my man's bag? I'm not knowing what... I don't know what TSA over there in Amsterdam... Uh, do or what they look at i know for me for my latest trip that i just took i had uh three laptops in my bag i had clothing i have a microphone and before i even like get myself examined they do the whole protocol do you have food do you have batteries do you have blah 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 in your bag i say nope 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 do you have laptop do you have all these things i say yeah i have a laptop they say, well, I'll take it out the bag. I said, technically, I have three. Do I got to take all three out? Yes, you got to take it out. Cool. Take out all three of my stuff. Take out. I asked them, hold up. I have a microphone. Do I have to take that out too? They said, no, nah, you just leave it in there. Cool. So I take out all my freaking laptops and they scan my bag. They put it through there and they're supposed to be able to see what's inside your bag. My whole thing is, how does the Netherlands not, at least in their TSA for this part, how do they not see or even smell something inside of a man's uh bag how did you guys not I... <sighs> that's the thing for me like fish gives you a really really distinct smell whenever it is rotting because it has to be rotting if it has maggots in it by the way it's not just like oh it's a one day two day old thing no this has to be like a three four five day old fish that probably was left out and i mean out out for it to have maggots inside of it how did they not smell it? How did they miss this? This was a big, big, massive screw-up on TSA part. I think certain people in TSA is probably going to get their butt chewed out, or probably did get their butt chewed out this week from that uh, situation. That's nasty. And if you're the woman that got maggots dropped onto you while you're in the air, I can just imagine the type of, one, rage that you have, two, the... Uh, just the jump scare that gave you that that the maggots gave you, you're scared off top because you're seeing the maggots on you, you're squeamish, and you're just trying to get all the stuff off of you. You're probably getting up and all that type of stuff, and that caused a disturbance on the plane. And now you gotta imagine the people right next to the woman and 
they're disgusted by it. And then just think of probably the odor that this fish gave off when they actually open up the bag and they see the fish rotting and they see all the maggots. Just that's just nasty off top. I think this whole thing was mishandled and uh done completely wrong, if we're just gonna be honest with it. Um again. I think whoever suitcase bag that was, they need to get hit with some type of fine. I don't think they need to be put to jail or anything because it was fish. It was rotten fish. I mean, I don't know what he or she was planning on doing with that. It is what it is. But hit them with some heavy type fine. Cool. Don't like expel them or suspend them off of a flight. Don't do that. But you need to get at TSA. You need to get at your workers over there for missing this one. This was a big colossal screw up for TSA. More than the person. That brought it along. This was TSA's fault for not handling that problem. So you got to chew out TSA for that. Um, but yeah, TSA, whether you're in America or across the ocean, the seas, or in your other parts of the world, do what you got to do. Look into people's bags. Do what you got to do. Don't be invasive. But this right here, this could have been avoided. I don't know how they missed that at all. I just really don't. Now, moving off of that, on to the next thing, Nike. Nike is going to cut about 2% of jobs to lower costs as demand weakens. I don't understand how that's happening because you got sneakerheads around the world buying shoes from Nike constantly. I don't understand how, like, your demand is lowering, but uh, I digress. Uh, Reuters would state that Nike will cut about 2% of its total workforce or more than 1,600 jobs the sportswear giant said late on Thursday to lower expenses as demands for shoes and sneakers comes under pressure. Higher rental and interest rates have led customers to cut back spending on high-priced goods, resulting in shop sportswear companies such as Nike's and Adidas warning that retailers are lowering their orders through wholesale channels. Nike had in December outlined a $2 billion savings plan over the next three years, which included tightening the supply of certain products and reducing management layers. The cost cuts would include about $400 million to $450 million in employee severance costs in third quarter. It had said Nike had about 83,700 employees as of May 31st, 2023. The job cuts are Nike getting out in front of the fear that demand could soften still further. Okay. Um, so there you have that. I don't like it. I'm just gonna be blunt. I hate when people lose their job, especially when you are working at a big conglomerate like a Nike. Nike, you guys make money every single day. There's no way you guys are losing money. I don't see how you guys lose money at all. You guys uh, do sportswear. You guys do track suits, jumpsuits, uh, jeans, hats t-shirts, underwear, socks. I mean, you guys do it all and people buy it. You guys do uh, deals with teams. I, I don't get it. I don't get how you guys lose quote unquote money and you guys are saying that the demand is lowering. I think that's a crock of garbage. I think you guys just want to hold more money for yourself. I think the top ranks want to do that. That's just my personal feelings. Because there's no way you're telling me that you guys are losing money and people are not wanting to order from you guys. You guys might say through wholesale channels. Wholesale channels are like from, I believe, like the direct uh, places, not places like StockX or other places that are second uh, 
I'm not going to say secondhand, but you can say secondhand, like secondhand shops that are people selling their shoes to other sneakerheads or renting out their shoes to other sneakerheads like that. You guys are still making money constantly, year in, year out, month in, month out, day in, day out. I I just think you guys just want more money. I think this is the whole new thing with big giants, whether you're in media or you're in fashion or you're in any type of thing. If you're a big media or just a big giant in general that's making money constantly, you guys try to cut back so you guys can just constantly make more money for yourself, not for your employees, but for yourself, the top big wigs. That's my personal feelings on that. I think that people need to stop buying from Nikes and Adidas and all that type of stuff. Go to your local Goodwills, if you will. Go there, buy your t-shirts, buy your jeans, buy all these uh, things from them. I feel you need to do that. And from once, from certain occasions, if you see a shoe that you do like or you see something that you do like and you just want to buy it, do that. But don't make it a thing where you constantly buy from all these big conglomerate places. Don't do that. Because what's going to happen is you're putting money into their pockets, but their employees are going to lose their jobs just one way or another. That's usually what happens, and I'm not a fan of that at all. I understand that people will lose their job because they suck at it, but when there's a big conglomerate like a Nike, I don't like how people are losing their jobs because uh, they quote-unquote are uh, weakening or the demand is not all the way there. That's a lie. That's nothing but a lie, but that's all of them. Prayers out to the people that are losing their job from Nike and all the other uh, big uh, giants out there. Now, this is a crazy transition, but speaking of someone losing their job, and this is not funny, but it's still just outrageous to think about it. Uh, the woman formerly known as Rachel Doza, the woman that was a white woman that she's claiming to be black or she's self-identified as black, um, she lost her schooling job because the school district found out that she had an OnlyFans account. This happened this past week, as this comes from people. Uh, the Arizona School District would relieve the teacher formerly known as Rachel Doza uh, from her job after administrators learned of her OnlyFans account. We only learned of Rachel Doza's OnlyFans social media post yesterday afternoon. A spokeswoman for the Catalina Foothills Unified School District number 16 said in a statement to People Wednesday, her posts are contradictory to our district's use of social media by district employees policy and our staff ethics policy. She is no longer employed. Okay, cool. So you get that. Um, Here's my thing. If you are a teacher, you cannot be doing that. You can't. Because you're going to have people looking at you a certain type of way. And they're going to be looking at the school a certain type of way. Now that I understand a school relieving someone of their duty because they have an OnlyFans account. And this does not... This doesn't contradict what I think about doctors and police officers. If you're a teacher and you're doing that, I think that you are giving the school a certain type of look because you have teachers and you have students that have the possibility to look up who you are and find your adult-only centurated type page. Now, for a doctor or a police officer, 
if you are a doctor or a police officer and you have those type of pages, you're doing civic duty to people of any age. And what I mean by any age, if you're a doctor and you're a surgeon and you have an OnlyFans page, well, guess what? You're just this guy or gal doing surgery. Your OnlyFans page should not hurt your surgical practice. It shouldn't hurt you surgically because guess what? Someone's coming to you to get a surgical procedure done. That's what they're going for. If you're a police officer and you have an OnlyFans page and you do something on there, you're doing civic duty, but you're not hurting anyone and shouldn't hurt the police district as well. I know certain people might say that's you're wrong here, but that's just my way of thinking. While a teacher position, when you are a teacher, you're a teacher for a public school like this, or even a private school, whatever may have you, you're teaching for a certain age demographic. If you're in elementary, you're teaching from, now they say uh, pre-K to fifth grade. And then you got middle school or people might say junior high, you got sixth grade through uh, eighth grade in high school, ninth grade through 12th grade. These are still the adolescence of children. And you want to try to keep them as pure and as innocent as you can. You being their teacher, you're someone that they look at in a authoritative figure role. Certain people might be more friendly with the kids. And I think that certain teachers being friendly with the kids is not a problem. I think a lot of teachers do need to be uh, friendly and more opened up to talk to uh, their students and all that type of stuff. Not trying to get into a romantic relationship with them, but be friendly with them. You know the boundaries. Uh, and with your, in this position, if the person that you're teaching or your Students, uh, parent, find you, look you up, and they see that you have an adult site. That can have them look at you in a completely different way. Because now they can literally go to you and try to talk to you about this or that. Or they could try to make implications about this or that. And put you in a real uncomfortable situation at a educational practice. It's just different. That's the reason why I say Rachel Doza losing her job because she has an OnlyFans account and she's a uh, school professional. She worked in the school compared to a doctor or a uh, police officer who I've talked about on this program before because they had an OnlyFans account and they got uh, reprimanded for that. And I said that wasn't fair for them because that shouldn't hurt them. It's different from Rachel Doza. That stuff will hurt the school. It's going to hurt them because it will have people look at that school a certain different type of way. Because, again, that's an educational practice. So her losing her job here, that was kind of going to happen just off top. I think if you are a teacher, you should not have a uh, OnlyFans account. Don't do that. I think if you are in... A university, I think a college might where you might get a little bit of leeway if you do have an OnlyFans account. Because when you're in college, you're a professor there. In essence, you are teaching someone that is of adult age that the world looks at as adult. I'm not going to say mentally they're an adult because certain people in college, they might be, what, 18, they might be 25, they still think like a child. But government-wise, they will consider them an adult. If you 
are in that profession and you have an OnlyFans account and you're in a university, I think there should be some leeway there because, again, the government looks at you as an adult there. You have decided to continue furthering your education as an adult. There you go right there. I think that's where you should get some leeway as a uh, professional, as a professor, dean, whatever may have you, for having an OnlyFans account. I think that's where you get some leeway, not in the public or private school department from pre-K to 12th grade. I don't think you get any type of leeway there. So if you want to do OnlyFans account, and I think you can get some leeway, me personally, I think you could do that over in the university of uh, a college or a community college type business type way. That's me. That's where I will stand and say, yo, you can't be trying to fire them because they're all adults here. It ain't like they haven't looked at adult content before of that variety. Let's be for real. So Rachel Doza losing her job here. She should probably just try to uh, go to a college or university, try to go there. I think that's where she might get some leeway, but public and uh, private school like that. Nah, this was bound to happen. So she lost her job because she had an OnlyFans account. So uh, best of luck to her. Hopefully she'll find another job. Maybe she might lean into it more on OnlyFans account and probably get paid more because of this uh, being spread around. I know this was hitting up on uh, media sites left and right this week. So we'll see what happens. And speaking of media sites and speaking of adult uh, content, if you know about this, I'm just going to give you a brief uh recap of this. If you watch the YouTube uh, series Hot Ones, there's a guy host called Sean Evans. Recently, I want to say probably the Super Bowl that this happened, he it was found out that he was in a relationship with an adult film star, Melissa Stratton. And once that came out, I'll say that this past Sunday, within, I'll say, well, the reports are saying Wednesday that he broke up with his girlfriend, his partner, because of it, more than likely, probably the relationship becoming public. I think Sean is a private private guy. That's what the reports are calling it, uh, because he got media attention from this. My question would be is this. One, my man did it wrong. He did it on Valentine's Day. That's kind of crazy. Um, that's crazy to do it on Valentine's Day, but long story less long. Um, I got a question. If you are dating a adult star, and your life is private, don't you think that kind of contradicts you and your privateness? And what I mean by that is this. You guys were out and about at the Super Bowl together. And people are taking photos. You know there's going to be people taking photos of you and your uh, girlfriend, your spouse, whatever may have you at the time. And you know you guys are in the limelight. Period, point blank. Sean Evans, he talks with a lot of people. He talks with uh, celebrity guests. He talks with musicians. He talks with a lot of people during this whole Hot Wings uh, show, Hot Ones. He does all that. So he's known, at least in the social media space. And even on the Super Bowl. My man was in was a part of a Super Bowl commercial. So he's known. Um, you're supposed to be a private guy. You have your girlfriend with you at the biggest sporting event in America, I'm not going to say the world because that belongs to like soccer, all that type of stuff. But in America, the Super Bowl and pictures come out, TMZ, the rats, they run with it. What did you think was going to happen? Your relationship was not going to be as private 
as you had it locked down for, I don't know how many months you were with this woman, but your private life wasn't going to be as locked down like that. So when it comes out, you decided to dump her on Valentine's Day, and she comes out on Twitter saying, don't try to date a porn star if you actually hate porn. And again, people are saying this is all linking to the, her relationship that she just got out of with Sean Evans here. I I think he went about it the wrong way. I think this whole thing was about the wrong way. If you actually liked her, I think that Sean probably got some one unwarranted attention. And I mean like the unwarranted attention of people in the adult industry, people within the casual media people, people that are casuals that probably go up to Sean's page or look at Sean and all that type of stuff. I think he probably got bombarded by probably even some family members or even friends to ask him, hey, you're dating her? You know what she does, right? In those uncomfortable questions. I think he wasn't really anticipating that. And I think that's the reason why he let it go. But this is the price that you pay for uh, dating an adult actress. My question would be is, with you knowing she's an adult actress, don't you think you should have probably thought about all of that before you got into a relationship with her or whoever your adult entertainment person is? And Because this is just me taking it off of Sean now. Yes, he was the original premise, but this is just me taking it off of Sean. I think for anybody that's going to date someone in the media, whether it's someone in the adult entertainment business, you're dating a high-profile uh, celebrity, whether it be a musician, actor, or even some people in the political realm, if you're dating a high top politician, you got to know that your life is not going to just be, uh, quiet as you think it is. If you're a quiet person, it's not going to be that way. Your life is going to be turned upside down whenever the media and everybody else notice about it. Again, he went about it the wrong way by bringing her out, going to the Super Bowl where he knew off top there's going to be photos and everybody taking photos of him and just everything out there. He went about it the wrong way and this is the cause of it. I think this is a, another cautionary tale. Yes, you can date someone, you can like someone. I think he knew about her profession before he didn't even get into a relationship with her. But know what you're getting yourself into. Think about it. And I mean, really think about what you're getting yourself into before you actually do it. because. It's going to make you look like a sucker if you decided to dump someone because of peer pressure and all that type of stuff. And I'm not saying Sean did dump her over peer pressure. I'm just saying the optics for what it looks like. It doesn't look good at all for Sean. And again, Sean, he looks like a nice guy. You see him on Hot Ones. He seems like a nice guy. You don't ever see him getting any type of controversy. If anything, this is the first controversial thing he's actually ever been a part of, if you want to call this controversy. Um, yeah, just think about what you're getting yourself into when you're going to date someone that has some type of infamy to them. Again, an adult star shouldn't have no infamy because it's nothing but a job and their job is literally to demonstrate acts of sexual being with another person on camera. I get it. Not a lot of people, uh, want to be involved at least in the public eye with someone like that privately they might but publicly they'll try to say like no nah, i'm not gonna do it 
But if you're going to date someone that's an adult actor or actress, just know what is to come along with that and be prepared. Because uh, you're going to look like a coward if you decide to break up with them because of what they do. I'm just going to let that be known. And again, people are saying that Sean's a coward. I'm not certain of it. I would like to hear from him. Hopefully he comes out and say something. He might just let it die down and just be labeled a coward here and just take that on the chin. But again, if you're going to date someone, just know what you're getting yourself into. That's basically the cautionary tale here. Now, moving off of dating and media, just to a couple of topics in media to round out the episode here. Uh, the newest, I'm not going to say the newest, but yeah, you can say the newest. The newest uh, updated version of the Fantastic Four. They're doing another revamped movie version of the Fantastic Four. This time, they got Pedro Pascal. He's going to be playing Mr. Uh, Fantastic. They got a couple other people. They played, well, no, they announced this on Instagram with a uh, Valentine's Day like card of the character creation of who each actor is going to be playing in the Fantastic Four here. Uh, they got a woman called Vanessa Kirby. She's known for uh, Mission Impossible, The Dead Reckoning. They got a name, uh, Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things. They got another guy, Ebon Moss Boroch. He's from The Bear. They're all going to be part of the Fantastic Four movie. I never watched that previous Fantastic Four that Michael B. Jordan was in. I watched the other two Fantastic Four movies as a kid, and I didn't find nothing wrong with them. I even think I went to the first Fantastic Four movie whenever it came out in the theaters. Um, but I'm going to wait and see what happens here. This is like their third time trying the Fantastic Four. This is the first time under the Marvel uh, banner that they're doing it. Hopefully they get it right. Hopefully they get everybody uh, enjoying it. I know since what? I want to say in-game, people have not been liking the Marvel movies. I've had no problem with it. I'm not a real, like, comic book, like, nerd nerd like that, where people are able to pinpoint inaccuracies in certain things, but this is the new updated version of the Fantastic Four that's uh, coming out. Uh, it's supposed to be coming out, I think, what, 2025? They said that that's going to be released. Uh, film is supposed to be happening later this year, so there's that, oh yes, uh, Deadpool 3, I can't wait for that, that's supposed to be coming out, uh, that has Ryan Reynolds reprising his role as Deadpool, Hugh Jackman, he's gonna be, uh, coming back as Wolverine, I can't wait to see that, that, uh, trailer got played during the Super Bowl that this past week, so that's continuing on with the Marvel business, so again, Marvel, they're trying to revamp from everything, hopefully, Deadpool can uh, set it off for them, and hopefully they can get people back to watching Marvel movies. Uh, Eminem, he's supposed to be co-producing a Stan's documentary on the world of superfans. I think Eminem's the perfect guy to do it because he wrote a song called Stan. And again, Stan is called someone who's a superfan who will just take over, that that fandom will take over their life. They will try to be like that person, buy all the products, and try to really immerse themselves in that uh, fandom so much so that it takes over their life. He's doing a documentary. He's going to be co-producing that. I think that's going to be great. Uh, who they're going to be talking about, I have no idea. They should go into uh, certain standums, like the Nicki Minaj standums, I think they should go into, they should go into the beehive stuff, because certain people are too crazy out here with that, 
and other people, even the Swifties, I think they need to go into that too as well. Certain people, they just need to like just really dive into certain fandoms, even the wrestling fandom. I think they need to go into that too. If I was him, I would literally go for the Nicki Minaj, Beyonce, Taylor Swift, the wrestling fandom, uh, people that are movie buffs, and I mean heavy movie buffs that are stands for that. I mean, there's a lot that he can really dive into with this documentary. I hope he does well. Whenever this comes out, I'll be looking forward to watching it because seeing someone's seeing someone being a fan of something is one thing. Seeing someone having their life being really immersed into it, that 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 one thing that they have focal point centered around take over their life. That's another thing. I am invested in that. I am. I want to know what makes a person's mind click into that and become fanatics about it. So again, I can't wait to see when that happens and when that comes about, but we'll see it, we'll see it with that. And, oh yes, Paramount is trying to, uh, in talks with Peacock to form a merger there. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm just letting you know right now, if Peacock does make a business agreement with uh, Paramount, Paramount with Peacock. We are getting cable yet again before streaming sites. That's all it is. You're going back to paying for cable, but you're paying for it in a different style of way. You're paying for it through your internet company, through your internet provider. So that's just what it is. So gone are the years of you having different streaming sites where you had certain things here and there where they constantly say, get rid of cable, do streaming. Guess what? You're going right back to cable yet again. Is it going to happen? Uh, technically, it was supposed to be Paramount. was supposed to be in talks with, they said, either Peacock, uh, Apple TV, or Max. I said they should do Apple TV because Apple TV has nobody that they're connected with, technically. Uh, Paramount uh, just got Showtime. Uh, Max, they just got unified with Discovery Peacock, they've been doing their own thing because they're all NBC affiliates. So they had their stuff. And I thought, okay, the best bet for Paramount is to do Apple TV. And when I found out that they were doing business, or at least allegedly doing business in talks with Peacock, I thought, oh boy, here we go. So again, everybody, just want to let y'all know, y'all about to be start paying for cable yet again, but this time through streaming. It's about to happen. Um, Anything else I do want to talk about? Uh, no. Uh, I just want to say this one thing. Because, again, wrestling, it is coming back. It's going back to being mainstream yet again. We have The Rock on SmackDown. He aligned himself up with his cousin, Roman Reigns. We got heel version of The Rock. Heel being a wrestling term, meaning bad guy. Version of The Rock, again, being the trash-talking guy that everyone loved to boo in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, Rock got to be that way again. So, WrestleMania is going to be a real... Uh, enjoyment. I'm going to enjoy the stories that they're telling and that they're going to tell that's going to lead into WrestleMania. And I want to see what type of celebrities are going to try to hitch their wagon to WrestleMania. Again, we still got uh, a month and a half until WrestleMania pops around. So, yeah, when more information comes out with that, you guys know where to tune into. I'll be watching that Monday, Wednesday, well, Monday, Tuesday, Friday for WWE programming. Wrestling as a whole is just up, but WWE is more media-based, so there you go. Uh, anything else? I think that's about it. So now it's time for some self-promotion. 
I just talked about professional wrestling, but if you want to know more about professional wrestling, I talk about that on my Saturday episode, Wrestling Highlights of the Week, that's available to you right now. Uh, I talked this past Wednesday, uh, my midweek breakdown, I talked about the Super Bowl, I talked about uh, Valentine's Day, you can listen to that if you haven't listened to that as well. Uh, I think that's all the self-advertising that I do got, so now, with that being done, it's time for me to get you guys out of here. Uh, I would like to thank all the podcast sites that have me on their podcasting services. You know the ones, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Amazon, uh, Podbean, Spotify, all the other ones. There's a lot of them. I would like to thank all of them because without them, I wouldn't be able to get these episodes and this podcast out to you guys, the listeners. So I want to thank them, but not so much behind them. I want to thank you guys, the listeners, the downloaders, because without you guys, I'll just be one guy talking into a mic, into a black void, and I appreciate that. I appreciate you because I see where it's coming from. I can look at it. I see where whoever's downloading it from. I appreciate every single person that does that. I really do appreciate you very much, so much. Um, always remember. I love you. 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 I love this is not a gimmick. This is me coming from my heart 100% I appreciate every single one of you I do love you guys hope you guys have a great Sunday hope you guys have a great uh, week again I'll be back with another midweek episode this Wednesday and I think this Wednesday will be my one year anniversary of doing the midweek breakdown so I'll probably be talking about something Wednesday Uh, I don't know what it is but I'll think of something Uh, yeah and I think that's about it this isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. Uh, this has been my two cents podcast hosted by G2. He is I and I am him. I love you all. I appreciate you guys. Again, have a great Sunday. Be blessed. And Kanye, can you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.